When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Voices of It podcast with me, Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Uh, we're back again to discuss Watford's 3-1 defeat um, away to Blackpool at Bloomfield Road. Um, it was an eight-hour round trip for the supporters that went up there yesterday. And it was an utter disgra- uh, disgrace. Um, spineless, pathetic, gutless. So many words that you could use to describe that performance yesterday. And it's just infuriating. Um, it's horrible to do these podcasts. Um, me and Mike hate doing these when there's such a bad performance. And like we have to try and pick ourselves up to come on to do it. Because we do love doing all this. But it, it, when you see performances like that, it's like, why do we bother? Why do what the fans bother? Um, that eight-hour round trip, and it's because we support our team. We love that team, but that team is fucking woeful at the moment. And me and Mike are here to just dissect the performance yesterday. Um, also, a little bit different this week. If you want to join me and Mike live on here um, to chat, give us your thoughts. Uh, Mike's going to copy our link. He's going to put it into the comments section. Um, and then you can request to come on and we'll add you in and you can say whatever you like about the pozos, the performance, the players, whatever you like. Um, so Mike's going to pop it into the live chat now on the YouTube feed. Um, so, yeah, come in and join us and um, have your say on here. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, we're going to talk about this 3-1 defeat. And, Mike, we have to start with the team news like we normally do. Um, it was four changes to the team that um, lost 2-1 at home to Swansea City midweek. Um, the four players that came in, Dan Gosling came in right back, Trucy Econ came into the centre defence to partner Christian Cabaselli. Um, Imran Loser came in for his first start of the season, and also Vacuum Bayer came in um up front to replace Keenan Davis, and it looked like um uh, I didn't really want to give Keenan Davis three games in seven days, considering that he he's only actually just returned to fitness himself. So that's probably why that um change was made. But Mike, what was your thoughts on that starting lineup? Obviously it was great to see Imran Loser back into the starting lineup because he does add a little bit different to that midfield, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it was nice to see a manager not thinking, oh well I'm gonna have to put Kamara on the right. We know that Kamara on the right doesn't work. Like we we know that. Yet Edwards felt that with the squad that he had, he still had to play him on the right sometimes and Semmer on the left. So it was nice that um you know, we, we put Gosling out on the right. I don't think Gosling had a bad game on the right. He didn't do loads, but he certainly didn't have a bad game. He was all right for someone that was filling in at right back, so to speak. So I, I, I didn't mind that. Kamara's much more strong on the left-hand side. So, yeah, not a problem. Truce to Kong, again, he, he's been good at this level previously. So coming in um, centre-back, again, not a problem with that. Cabaselli, the only reason he's playing is because of injuries. He's got to be because, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about him, but that's the only reason he's getting into this squad at the moment. Um, and, yeah, loser to come in to start, that was big for us because we know how creative he can be and we know 
like the type of player that he is. And my word, what a free kick he scored as well. Uh, so it was key that we've got him starting. Someone that actually wants to look for the ball and make things happen where so many times this season already, mm-hmm. the midfield's just gone missing. Whereas Luz will come deep looking for it, trying to spray passes out wide and through the middle. So it's it's nice to see that. I mean, granted, we didn't do much of that yesterday, but um, to, to have loser starting games now is, is, a, is a good position to be in. Yeah, someone who wants to get on the ball. He wants to come to the ball as well, not run away from the ball. He wants to get on the ball and progress that ball forward. And that's the only player that actually does it. Um, but... Mike, I thought it was it was another slow start from Watford yesterday, wasn't it? And we've, we've said this week in week, we need to improve at starting games quicker. We can't just invite pressure on from the off. And I think it was within the first couple of minutes, Blackpool had a couple of corners and it was like we couldn't get out our own penalty box. And it was like they've seen how Swansea approached the game against Watford midweek. You know, that if you press them high up the pitch, the Watford defence aren't comfortable with a ball at the feet and you, you're going to... Um, you're going to get things out of it. And then there was balls coming into a box and Batman didn't look comfortable with it in the air. And it just looked like, oh, here we go again. It's going to be another tough afternoon watching Watford. And it, it was that slow start, Mike. And how, how do you change all this? Like, is it a mentality thing? Because it's, it's happened too often. Even Stoke away the other week, we started slowly and then we warmed up and got into it. But it's like the first 10, 15 minutes into games, it's so frustrating and boring to watch. And it's just like backs up against the wall. Yeah, well, I did a segment for the second tier podcast guys earlier. And they said, look, you know, Edwards wasn't able to change it. Billich wasn't able to change it. We're still seeing what we saw last season in the Premier League. The, The lack of passion, the lack of fight, the lack of desire has been brought into this season. So, the only reason it's the only way it's going to change is if the personnel on the pitch change. And unfortunately, Gino Pozzo and Co haven't dug their hands deep enough into their pockets to recruit for the areas that we need. Like we knew at the end of last season who was no good and who we wanted to keep. They should have been looking at targets, thinking, right, we know we're going down, he's available, he's available, he's up and coming. We, we should have a team that are, are in England. We talked about this in one of the previous pods. I think it was when uh, Charlie was on. I uh, can't remember what game that was for, but um, we should have someone that's based in this country looking at players from lower leagues so that when we come into this league, we know who we're going to sign and we know who's available. Burnley have, have done all right out of it. Um, and, you know, other teams in the past have done all right out of it as well. So, why do we insist still on trying to find gems from Southern America and trying to find players from Europe or Italy or Spain? Like, yeah, we signed Gaspar. His CV is incredible. He was captain for Villarreal for however long and got however many, you know, appearances for Villarreal. Seriously impressive CV. But he's not a championship player. We, I would rather we go and sign a proper right-back or a wing-back, as we knew Rob would have, preferred in his system than sign someone who's done it all for Villarreal. Like, it's so frustrating. It ultimately comes down to the players that are on that pitch. They haven't been good enough since last season. They're certainly not good enough now. And unfortunately for Billich, his problem now is he's got these till January. The Pozzos have to have the best transfer window known to mankind in the history of Watford Football Club in January. 
otherwise, we I, I, I dread to think where we're gonna I dread to even think where we're gonna be come January. But we somebody seriously needs to pull it out of the bag in Jan. Because it's the players. The only people that can change it are the eleven players on that pitch. Yeah, um, if if we go off yesterday's performance, then we're we're highly screwed um, because those players and and people might think I'm a bit dramatic here, but those players on the pitch, if they carry on playing like that, we're in the relegation fight this season. Forget about mid-table or playoffs or even automatics. Like that's that's gone. Like I, if if it carries on like it is, like it's getting toxic in the stands now as well. Um, this football club will end up going down to possibly League One like Sunderland did because it, the club is rotten to its core. The players are not good enough. The recruitment has been shocking. Yes, we might have star players who might maybe pop up every game or so to like have that star moment and grab a sensational goal like Joe Pedro or um, Ismail Assar or Keenan Davis. But them scoring that one weldy or something will be thrown out the window by three or four stupid mistakes at the bat, like what we saw for Blackpool's first goal yesterday. Like the gap in between True Secon and Cavaselli, you could fit three London buses in between them. I don't get why they were so far apart. The communication was poor. Batman could see what was in front of him and he probably didn't communicate anything. Chowdhury was ball watching. It was a long ball over the top. Um, I think um, the Blackpool man um, won a header over Kamara. And then the ball just fell in between True Secon and Cavaselli. It was just so slow to react. And it, Batman probably could have got out a bit quicker as well. But it was, it was just, it's like watching a circus every week. We're trying to analyse the, the games and performances. But it's fucking woeful, isn't it, Mike? Right. How, how do you describe that first goal? It's like, they, I know it's probably their first game starting together of the season, Cavaselli and True Secon. But that was fucking woeful. It was. And, you know, some people probably know that I, I manage on a Saturday, amateur level. I, If my lads conceded a goal like that, I would have gone ballistic at, at Saturday league amateur level, let alone the second tier in English football. I'd have gone ballistic. It's it's woeful. And it's, like you said, it's been too familiar this season. The defence hasn't been shored up. The fact that... If you were to write down our defenders on paper and look at the squad depth, for, I think from the rookery and do good graphics like that, they, they set out the squad depth for the start of the season. You would have probably Cabaselli, maybe fifth choice centre-back or fifth choice defender. He's starting every game. He's captain at the moment. That shows you the injury woes that we've got. But then at the same time, it also shows you that we didn't recruit for another centre-back. We can't really be relying on Cathcart to give us a full season, as well as he is and as good as a servant he's been to the club, you can't be expecting him to play week in, week out at his age. Not, not yeah. Exactly. William Schuster Kong, done it in for us in the champ, so I'm happy if he played the majority of the weeks, I'd be happy with that. Um, Francisco Sierra again, we'd expect him to start, but the backups have got to be better than what we've got at the moment. So it just shows, as you say, Kamara was outjumped for that first flick on. It was route one football from Blackpool, but worked a treat for them. He missed that header, which you, sh- you should be going up and winning. Uh, and then, like you say, no communication. That's that's all that is down to that goal, is no communication. The fact there were two defenders free, but their striker 
was able to get in between both of them and just tap it in. He, he won't have an easier goal to score this season. It's it's embarrassing, mate. And you'd like to think that certain def, uh, you know coaches come in and prioritise certain things. I, I look back at when Sonino first come in and we were a, a little bit similar to how we are now. The club was a bit of a mess and Zola had sort of lost the plot. Much worse now. Well, yeah, it's much worse now, but um, I mean, in, in the respect of when you know when Zola when it was all going down down the uh, down the park, but Sonino come in and shored us up defensively. We've not had a manager that's come in and shored us up defensively yet. We're making the same mistakes we were last season. So it's the personnel. I, I don't want to sound like a broken record too much, but it is the personnel, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm getting a bit distracted, Mike, because your cat's just behind yeah. you and the wardrobe behind. <laughs> Did your cat got a say on the the Pozzo ownership and the performance yesterday? Can she he get she in, refuses in, to in, watch it, mate. She usually watches it with me, but uh, she refused to watch it yesterday. She she looks like the kind of cat that just wants airtime. If I'm totally honest, she's like, "What can I do here? If we carry on filming, you could get signed out of like you've been framed." If um, if she knocks over that plant. We've got 250 quid coming here, mate. <laughs> I know, yeah. She's, uh, she's been screaming a red off. So, she's obviously got uh, got a few things to say to the Poxos, definitely. <laughs> and don't forget, we're seeing lots of good comments here on the section as well. And don't forget, you can get involved here as well. Uh, I'm going to get Mike to share the, the link again. Uh, if you if you um, pop it into the... Um, you can invite you to come on and we'll, we'll get you on and have your say. Um Mike, Michael Abraham says that it was powerful. Um, so really like that pun there, Mike. Um, but yeah, it's after conceding the first goal, it kind of got a little bit better. We got a foot on the ball. We had a lot of possession. I think we answered about 70% possession. Um, a couple of opportunities. Sar should have done a lot better. He was running in onto the, foot, the front post and the ball just just went past him. I don't He could have maybe arrived quicker into a box. We've got a better connection onto it and he should have got... Uh, done much better there for a guy of his quality, but the, um, it, it was just before half time, Mike, where we won a free kick on the edge of a box and we scored a goal from a free mm-hmm. kick. Imran yeah. loser, he stepped up, and I think that's the first free kick Watford have scored whilst fans are in the stadium since Almond Abdi's at home to Aston Villa in the first season of the Premier League. So, what's yeah. that we're talking for? 2016, it was. Yeah, about seven, eight seasons ago, is it? I'm not too great with my maths, um, but it, it great free kick, Mike. Um, I think he caught the keeper out. I thought the keeper right before it was going to go to his near post, and you could see that he was maybe starting to move over, um, but he just it spinned it over the top of him, and it just inside that top corner, it just nestled in, and what a fantastic free kick. And you thought, right, okay, we've got the goal now. Um, we've got the momentum, we've got the confidence, we can push on here, uh, maybe try and grab another goal just before half-time, but it didn't seem to work out like that. Um, but fantastic goal from him and loser. Mike. That's his first of a club. Yeah, and what a goal, as you said. You know, we when he joined the club, he was sort of labelled as his set-piece set specialist. And boy, he showed it yesterday, what a goal it was. Like When he was lining it up, I thought... I wonder what he's going to try here. Is he going to shoot? Is he going to try and cross it in? And as soon as it left his foot, I thought that's going in, that is. So an absolutely fantastic goal. Loser, you know, brilliant player, as we know. Hopefully that will sort of kickstart his confidence a little bit after being out for so long. And um, the, 
the, the little spell that we had after conceding was was um you know we, we, we got back into the game and we, we obviously scored the equalizer and we the, the, we've been guilty of this a few times. We've got back into games, maybe leveled it, but we've not taken the chances. We had lots of possession. The build-up play was slightly better. Saar missed that chance, as you say. Saar has, has not been the, the player that we knew he was the last time in the Championship. No sign of that Saar yet, uh, you know, even though he's our top goal scorer. Uh, that probably tells you the quality that he does possess when he wants to try. But ultimately, we, we're not being clinical enough. And again, another problem like last season, we, we're not scoring the, the goals and, and taking the chances. I thought that was our best spell to maybe go ahead. you got to remember, I put a tweet out yesterday, which was wrong. Andrew French uh, corrected me. But it still wrapped up quite a few likes. I, I, I don't know if people saw that. But Blackpool had only won one game at home up until yesterday. And that was the very first game of the season. And I was led to believe they've only scored two goals at home this season full stop. Um, again, that I bet they was licking their lips when they knew they had Watford next then. Well, that's that's what I was saying on Twitter. I says, and please, you know, enter enter the equation Watford FC. You know, we'll we'll give you a hand if you need some points or goals or confidence. Um, and you know, a goal, even if it was after losers free kick, even if we sort of took the lead there. You would like to think that we would have then carried it on and won the game, and we'll be sitting here talking about something else. But we just there, there is no plan whatsoever. The, the style of play hasn't changed. Listen, I know that it's Billich is only two, uh, three games into his Watford uh, reign at the moment, but there's been no apparent change in the way that we play. It seems all we want to do, or all we got in the locker, is we pass it around in midfield a bit. We'll pass it around at the back. We'll get so far. We'll think, oh, better not. Back to the keeper. And then the defender will get it. He'll look around thinking, who can I pick out? Then he goes long. And then they head the ball back and we start the cycle again. It's not hard for people to see that there is no clear plan in the way that we want to play at the moment. And I just really fear for us. We've got Norwich coming up on Saturday. Then we've got them locked down the M1 uh, the Sunday after that. I'd say what, if we're still playing like this in two weeks' time, they're going to have the best away day of their entire lives. I'm dreading it, mate. Absolutely dreading it. Yeah, it's got to a point where I can't be asked to go watch Watford at the moment. I get no no excitement or enjoyment out of watching it. And it's, it's a bit of a chore to go watch Watford now. And I'm like, we've got Norwich Saturday. It's live on Sky. It's an evening kickoff. I can't be asked to go there. Like, what is there to motivate me to go into the ground? And I, I would not be spending any money in Vicarage Road, that's for sure, because that would be just lining Gino Pozzo's back pocket. I know I paid for my season ticket up front already and he's got that money, but I would not be spending enough a penny in that football ground whilst um, his own in this football club because he's just taking us all for fools at the moment. But yeah, I'm seriously contemplating staying in Saturday night and just watching the game on TV. Like have a family day during the day and then in the evening, just stick it on. And if we start playing woeful, quite easy to turn it off instead of like walking out the ground and then driving the old half an hour back home. And then like you say, our, our neighbours up the road, up the M1 on the Sunday, 12 o'clock kickoff. Like you said, they're going to have a time of their lives because they will absolutely batter us. Um, 
we I can quite comfortably see Watford losing three four nil to them because they'll be white up for that game, and Watford will just shy away. I mean, they'll be cowardless, just like what we saw yesterday. And I, I, I mentioned cowardless, and that's exactly what that defending was for that second goal. Obviously, the the change was made. Dan Gosling came off, and Christian Cavaselli went over to right. Um, the right-hand side of the defence. But we, we've seen him do that before against Sunderland, wasn't it? And and Sunderland scored late on from a Christian Cavaselli error playing at right-back. And then we saw it again yesterday where it looked like he, he was trying to jockey the player. He, he lost his man, but then he just gave up. And the guy just ran to the byline to get his cross in. And Christian Cavaselli wasn't even chasing him. He, he literally gave up. He's the mm. captain of the football club and he fucking gave up. We we had the privilege of speaking to him the, um, at the start of the season. And he, he does come across as a decent guy, but he's a fucking horrendous footballer. Mm. Like you manage that Sunday League football team, I imagine you your players would not give up like that to stop let a guy cross a ball in like that. Like what the fuck is he thinking about? Mm. And he is atrocious. And I, I don't like to dig out players, but I've had a fuck enough of him. And yes, it's down to the recruitment of not bringing in better players to let him play and the injuries at the club. But surely we've got someone better in our academy than Christian Cavaselli to play at this level because he's not up for it. And for him to be given captain's armbands is an insult to every single fan that watches this team. Mm. I, I just have... Sorry, Mike. That's <laughs> my rant, but what's, what's your thoughts on it? Because... Literally, I am sick and tired of seeing him on the team sheet. Like, and I know he's probably not dear. He's a guy who like plays with confidence and that, but you can obviously see that his confidence is not. So take him out the firing line because it's not good for him and it's definitely not good for us. Yeah, I, I completely agree. That second goal yesterday, I, I I don't know why I put myself through this, but I I, I was looking at a few clips yesterday from the game, and. That one where the second one where he gets the crossing, he chases him down to start with. The player gets past him and then he runs and he's like, oh, actually, no, you you crack on. You go and cross it if you want. Um, and then obviously the ball goes in and he scores a goal. So, um, you know, it's it's pathetic. The <laughs> fact that he's the one with the captain armbands on as well. I know that Troy Deeney got a lot of stick. I don't want to bring him up because there'll be a lot of fans that like, oh, here we go. But... Troy Deeney, every time he was on the pitch, you knew that he was passionate and you knew that he loved the club and he would put everything on the line for the club. Could you imagine Troy doing that yesterday? I can't. I can't imagine Troy doing that. I know there'll be a few I'm fans that will like, well, Troy was shit before the end of the season, before he left Watford. He might well have been not playing to the best of his ability, but he wouldn't give up that easily. Can you imagine in the changing room after, if he did? And... It's just at the moment, it's almost as if Cabaselli might be thinking, and he might be thinking like, "I'm playing badly, my confidence is low." But he knows that he's going to be in the squad for the next game because there's no one to replace him. That's where we need to be a bit more, you know, rough us up a bit. And you know, when Slaven Bilic first come in, yeah, we were all peed off that Rob Edwards was let go, and when the sort of dust settled a little bit, we were like, "Okay, Slaven Bilic, one promotion before, he's going to get into the players. He's a tough sort of character. He's going to bring in, um, you know, he's, he's going to bring in some good backroom staffs. There was rumours that Julian Dix is going to be coming in. He was with him at West Ham. Everyone knows what sort of player he was. So 
he'll get into the players, he'll rough them up. He might be the best man to have us in charge for a, a game like Luton. But I tell you what, I, I just can't believe that he's he's still well. I can believe that he's still getting played because of the injuries. But he he, he seriously needs to be stripped of the armband. And I'd be putting James Morris in the next game. Play James Morris out of position. Um, I'd even go as far as saying keep Kamara on the left, Gosling at right back. As I said at the start, he didn't do that bad of a job. So, you know, have him at right back. Just anyone but Cabaselli. I don't know how he's getting minutes at the moment. And like you said, you know, take nothing away from the guy. He's a nice guy, but nice guys don't win your games, unfortunately. And he certainly lost us one yesterday. Lost us uh, two points against Sunderland as well when he come on and he was awful against them. But just everything, to be honest, it's <coughs> hard to sit here and talk about the football. Like, we, we haven't done any content for a while and it's tough to motivate yourself to to talk about these games. And yesterday was, was horrendous. I, I don't know why I bothered watching, to be honest. Well, like you say, like you're talking about Troy Deeney and that and saying about Troy wouldn't have let the guy um, cross the ball into a box because of like what kind of captain he was. But if, if Troy was on that pitch, he would be screaming at every single player to make sure they're doing their job properly. Whereas Christian Cabaselli, he's not vocal. He, he doesn't he doesn't motivate the players. Troy would be running from one length of a pitch to the other to tell Christian Cabaselli off at that moment and tell him to buck up his ideas. And then yeah. he would be running into the changing rooms and having a bollocking, giving every single player a bollocking. We haven't got this in this football club right now. We are lacking real leaders. And this football club has missed Troy Deeney for his leadership. Yes, like you said, he, he wasn't fantastic towards the end of his career with his footballing ability, but you could not fault him for his leadership on the pitch. And like Mike Abraham says here, as well about other leaders on the pitch like Jay Demerit, John Eustace I'll probably throw in like Steve Palmer and and the list goes on, we've had so many quality leaders, Robert Page like we haven't got players like that and it's all down to the, the lack of recruitment in defence, like it's fantastic that they go pick up these gems from South America and we did it midweek again, I think I finished playing mm. football Monday night and I saw that we actually signed another young Colombian, is it something uh, hurt to do or something, um, he'll be joining at the end of next season um, a young guy coming in but he's it's great that we're getting young, like South American flair players, but wouldn't it be nicely like getting like a young South American like solid defender or something like do they only look at attacking players over there like short do they not look at this team and go this team needs defenders like whether it's now or in the future we need defenders um but then we shouldn't be relying heavily on these youngsters like we're seeing with, with Espria. i was talking to my mate the other day and i was saying about how surprised that we've seen him so early on in his what the career like when we signed him, I was expecting him to maybe be loaned out to like a Spanish side or something or an Italian side, and we wouldn't really see him for one two season. He's been thrown in at the deep end. Fair play to him; he hasn't sunk or anything. He's actually um, stayed afloat and he's actually done pretty well this season. And, and again, he was a bright spot coming off the bench yesterday. He's someone who wants to get on the ball and he wants to make things happen. And he was showing all the other professionals on the pitch of how it's done and we, we didn't see that. It was, it was dreadful and another guy who should not be anywhere near the starting eleven is Edu Kiembi. 
what on earth does he offer this football team? And I, I was pleased to see him subbed off yesterday as well because I thought, is he someone who's untouchable? Because we haven't seen Rob Edwards sub him off before. Um, Bilic didn't do it in his first two games, but he did it yesterday. And I was so pleased to see that it took him off because he is rifle. He offers us absolutely nothing in, in the middle of the park. So hopefully now with Tom Deddy Bashery back, he got some minutes yesterday. Fantastic to see him back because it was rumoured that he was, had a lengthy injury and he, he came back off because he had a really good pre-season and he was starting every single game and then he got injured just I think a day or two before the start of the season so fantastic seeing that but if he gets fully fit well we've got seven days now till Norwich hopefully I'd, I'd want to see um, Tom Deli Bestry starting um, ahead of KMB because he's another one who's not fit to wear the shirt um, that was a chance in the away end at the final whistle and do you think it's too harsh to be singing things like that towards the players or Watford fans have the right to say whatever they want because we we travel the length of a country to go watch this team and fans have spent money in the hotel rooms, the um, the like petrol train, whatever way they made to get up there. The match day tickets aren't cheap, food and drink. It's it's a fair assessment, isn't it, Mike? To to say that you're not fit to wear the shirt because what we're watching at the moment is they are not fit to wear the shirt. Absolutely, and I I, I don't want to be one of these guys that that, that highlights. Mm-hmm the issues going on in the world at the moment. But everything's going up. I mean, I'm quite lucky. I live I live at home still, um, hopefully moving in with my partner soon. But, like, you, you, your monthly bills are going up, your gas, your energy, everything's going up. Wages are staying where they are, which is why we're seeing so many strikes. So disposable income is a, an, an all-time sort of low, yet people are still using that disposable income to go travel... The up and down the country to watch Watford, you know, the Blackpool yesterday, it's a bloody long journey. I was watching it and the missy said to me, she goes, that's a long way for, for Watford to travel to Blackpool. She goes, will there be many fans there? And I says, I wouldn't be surprised if we took a couple of thousand up there. And she was surprised, you know. And the, the fact that people are spending their hard-earned money when, like I said, everything's going up um, and they're still paying to watch Watford. And that is how they reward us. Like, don't get me wrong, loads of teams have bad runs, but I wouldn't mind if, and a few people might, this might raise a few eyebrows, but if we'd have come off that pitch and lost 3-1, but we gave absolutely 100% and Blackpool were just, you know, everything they touched turned to gold that day, I wouldn't have minded as much. Yeah, they'd have been pissed off that we lost 3-1. It, it ruins my day, to be honest. Um, but, it's the fact that we're not seeing players give 100%. And again, I'll say something again as well, which might raise eyebrows. But yeah, loser scored a great free kick. But I don't know if I'm being harsh here, but I can't pick a single player out of that team yesterday that I thought, well, actually, as bad as we were, he was all right. I think they were all sort of below par. Yeah, loser scored that fantastic free kick. So people will probably say him. But I think... There wasn't a player which really stood out for me as well. So I think Mikey, uh, Mikey Abrahams has just said there that if they can't be asked, why should we? Um, and it's just tough following Watford. I'm, I'm going on holiday on Thursday and I'll be out there on Saturday. I said to the lads yesterday before the game, I says, make sure we're in a bar on Saturday night that's got the football on. I said to you just before we started recording, Ben, I'm, I'm not arsed now, to be honest. I'm quite happy if we're not in a bar that's got the football on um, because you, you get into that stage and I, I hate being like this. But 
I, I'd said to my lads yesterday, I said, the only thing that's keeping me interested in football at the moment is my Saturday lads that I manage. And what does it come to when your life's, you're only interested in football because of the amateur team that you manage? Like, that shouldn't be the case, regardless of where your team play or what division. But that's what Watford are driving us to. And something needs to change. Something massive needs to change, I'm telling you, because it's it's a dark, dark place at the moment, Watford's being a Watford fan. Yeah, I was chatting to our mate Chris um, when I went to the game with him um, against Swansea midweek Wednesday. And we were both saying about how like, un- unconnected we feel with this football club now and how much passion we've, we, we're, we're losing from it, from like the lack of players trying on the pitch and the no direction from the ownerships and it's a struggle to go to games now and motivate yourself to watch this team because there is no connection between us and the players. And I said to him, the only reason why I go to Vicarage Road now is for a social event, basically, to just go meet your mates. I couldn't give a shit really about Watford at the moment because it's it's just hurting and it hurts to say things like that because this is our football club. But the way it's being run by Gino Pozzo is just scandalous. It's I said it the other week that he's turned this club into a circus and he is getting away with it. And it, enough is enough now. Um, Watford fans need to voice up. We need to stand up and we need to make a stand and we need to let Gino Pozzo know how unhappy we are. But how do we get that message across to him, Mike? Like, what do Watford fans do from here on in? Like, like I said to you earlier in the earlier pro- uh, podcast, my my action for next Saturday is uh, I won't be attending the game and I'll watch it at home because I'm not putting any money into a, into Vicarage Road because that's going to um, line Gino Pozzo's pocket. Um, but what should Watford fans do? Like, I, I don't want to turn my back on the team completely, but I think it helps that they're on Sky. Maybe. If, it wasn't on Sky. I, I, I would probably go, but and it, it's on Sky, so I'm just going to stay in, like have a family day, and then just watch it in the evening, like flick it on and get a takeaway or something like that. But what should what fans do now, Mike? Well, I mean, if if Watford fans are truly <laughs> of the opinion that they want the Potsos to go, then as long as it's all within reason and it doesn't get too violent or anything, then you just do what every other fan base does whenever they want their um, you know, owners to leave. You know, you, you either stop attending and attendances drop, or you you make it clear at your discontent. Because at the moment, you know, we we're all annoyed at the decisions to sack Rob Edwards. Um, and then, you know, the first game after that, Billich's first game, we won four 0 And uh, there, there might be fans out there that don't admit this to be the case, but I can bet you bottom dollar that. There were fans out there that were saying, well, Pozzo needs to go out. But then after the 4-0 win at Stoke, they might have been, well, actually, you know, heads might have turned a little bit. So the distraction there is, you know, the, the, the big win against Stoke. But if fans are serious, and like I said, as long as it's done without any violence, they, they just need to, to make it known and, and protest, whether that's before the game, not attending the games, walking out at certain minutes. I think Manchester United used to do that. Or Blackpool, look at Blackpool when they wanted Carl Oyster now. You know, I'm not suggesting that we all start throwing tennis balls on the pitch, but they made it clear that they wanted him to leave and he soon left. 
So you've seen it before with football clubs where they want their owners to leave, they hold a protest, and then in the end the message gets out. Or even if Duxbury or, or Gino, even if he answered Andrew French's call of let me do an interview with you and see what he's got to say, just communicate with us. This season was meant to be all about communication. No one's come out and said diddly squat since. They've explained all the transfers when Kiko left and when other players left and why are we bringing him in. That's great. But explain to us what's going on. Explain what you're going to do about the rook that we're in at the moment. Explain why Rob Edwards was sacked. Someone needs to sit down <laughs> with Andrew French, Adam Levensall, one of these, and just tell us what is going on. Because there's too many fans out there. Well, all the fans out there are pissed off with what's going on. We don't know which direction our club is heading in. And we don't know what the Pochos are going to do about it. We just want some transparency. Yeah, and we, we're going to come to um, someone's requested to join us, Dan, who's um, a good mate of mine. And um, Mike is going to come in. He works for Hemel Hempstead on a Saturday match day, so he, he doesn't get to watch Watford as much. But when he does um, go, he, he, he's got a lot to say about Watford, so it'd be interesting to get his thoughts. But a couple of comments I just want to read through quickly because we're talking about how how uninterested we are with Watford Club at the moment. Uh, Miles Roberts says that even when we scored that last minute um, goal against Middlesbrough, I wasn't even that happy. Um, with the performance and that was meant to be a high moment and then Michael Abraham says if I'm well enough I, I, I was going to go to Wigan away as it's my uh, local to me but really not sure if I'm going to bother now to be honest and it's the same with um, me Mike um, we've got Mill coming up midweek soon and I really wanted to go do it but I can't be bothered now like why should I bother after like a eight and a half hour day at work to like rush to get a train go all the way into South London to to go support that and like that's just mm. ridiculous like, I, can't, I can't be arsed with it and um, now we're going to uh, add Dan into it um, here we go Dan how are you doing mate nice to see you join us how are you doing yeah good thanks yourself yeah well good thank you what's your take on all this at the moment and have you got any thoughts on like how Watford fans should maybe voice their opinions towards uh, Gino Porto and Scott Duxbury yeah it's it's, it's a very challenging scenario because in, in football clubs you only see what's on the surface and the surface is very much on the pitch for 90 minutes for a game and I'm sure there's probably far much more going on behind the scenes and stuff that we don't know about um, stuff probably at the training ground with the, in regards to players and things like that but also stuff at board level in regards to finances so I imagine uh, this season this season really sits on a on a knife edge uh, both from a financial perspective and just in terms of our future direction. Because let's be honest, if, if we don't get promotion, we are going to lose pretty much the majority, if not all of the saleable assets that we have. And then we'll be left, well, God knows what we're talking about, squad depletion now. God knows what we'll be left with um, this time next year if we don't achieve anything. So, um, yeah, it's it's not just a crossroads. It, it's, like I say, it's that knife edge. And, I think, Mike, you made, a, you made a very good point there in regards to the, the communication aspect. And I think there's been so much radio silence on loads of different aspects um, of the club this season. The Rob Edwards sacking, obviously we got we got those few lines from Gino, which we've not had before, but um, that's just not good enough. Um, we get we get the comments from, from Scott in the summer and... Um, like you say, I, I don't get to games as, as much as I, I used to or like. And so therefore, naturally, I lack that, that same connection that I once had. But this season, 
with uh, Rob coming in. We had the Elton John concert, which I thought was an absolutely fantastic way to bring everyone together. And you really felt that from that moment, there was some momentum going into the season that we were going to do things differently. And I think that was shattered in all but three months, really. Um, and the fact that we've had no explanation as to why, you know, there might be re- there might be really valid reasons as to why that's happened. Um, and I know that as, as fans, we don't always get to know those, but I think we're at a stage now where we have to know that, those those sorts of things, because I see, see videos on social media yesterday, fans fighting in the stand. That's, that's not what Watford stands for. We're meant to be a family club. We're meant to be a club where kids and families can go. You know, I, I grew up going to away games with my parents as young kids, feeling safe and enjoying it. Come win, lose or draw. Let's be honest, when I was going, <laughs> didn't win too many uh, too many games on the road. But we have lost all identity and all credibility when it comes to our community work. Um. I, I, I kind of wrote some a few bullet points here and I said that we've become a laughing stock in the footballing world when actually once upon a time we were held up as the great community club. But we do still do a lot of great work in the community. Um, I'm fortunate enough to still do some work with the Community Trust and they do some fantastic work day in, day out. But for every good thing we do, we, we do three things so badly. And I think... I, I honestly don't know what Watford Football Club stands for anymore. And Ben, I take your point about not wanting to go to the game next week. Um, yeah, I'm the same. The only game that I'm planning to go to for the rest of the season will be Luton because I feel that as all Watford fans, we have to be at that game regardless of what our opinions are because that is a very um, uh, tribal experience, if you like. You know, And that could be the, that could be the catalyst for our season. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? And and like many younger fans as well, have never experienced that first derby, have they? They've never really seen Luton come to town and what a derby atmosphere is about. And we're lucky enough to be at them before. Like we've seen Marlon King score at Vicarage Road. I think we draw that, didn't we? And then obviously we had a horrible night midweek in the League Cup where there was lots of violence on the pitch, which Watford fans have seen as well. But not many fans of the younger generations have actually experienced one of these fierce derbies. So that's why they want to go. And like you you say, this is probably the only game of season at home that Watford fans will want to turn up in their numbers in. But after that, I, I think we're going to see a lot of empty seats at Vicarage Road. And we saw it against Swansea midweek. And I know for train strikes, probably didn't help situations. But I'm getting to a point now where I'm like, I'm seeing lots of empty seats now. And you can see the grumblings on social media now. Watford fans are not happy. The Watford fans are going to be voicing their opinions, whether they're not going to the ground and not giving Gina Potts any money, or they're going to be turning up with, I don't know, uh, um, protest signs outside the ground. They won't get them in because obviously for the stewards, they control what goes in and out of the stadium. But I imagine we might even get to a situation where we might even see tennis balls being brought in. And uh, it's ridiculous to think that, but I think the younger generations will see that they've done it at other football clubs like Charlton and Blackpool and they'll be like, well, what else are we going to do? You can't bring in signs or anything. So they'll end up doing something silly like that. And I don't want to see that. I don't want us to go down that route where things like that's happening at our football club. Like We're proud to be Watford supporters. And like you say, this situation yesterday of unrest in the Watford 
away end where there was pushing and shoving. I, I don't know if there was any like fighting or anything, but we've all seen the clip on social media. And like you say, this is a family club, and it's got to a point where people are arguing amongst themselves, they're pushing and shoving each other because of what's happening behind the scenes, because we're not being communicated by the you know Pozzo or Scott Duxbury. It, it is just a joke, and we have turned into a laughing stock. Like, like what, what do you expect out of a performance against Norwich next week? Like, what is there to look forward to? Like, I, I, the only thing I can think that may be positive that we might see is obviously we might see Edinburgh lose this starting again and hopefully Tom Deli better, but it might be a game too early for him to start a game. But, like, can Watford fans even get excited that we're at home against Norwich next Saturday? <laughs> Absolutely not. And I think, you know, we, we hear the, the fans... Uh, singing at the end or trying at the end, you're not fit to wear the shirt. And I was kind of looking at some of the transfers, going through all the transfers in the last sort of seven or eight years. And I was trying to identify that one player who, or, or even just come to come to one player um, who really brought in to Watford and actually you could say was proud to wear the shirt. And I, I identified Delafoe because I think he gave us a great moment and he, I take um, people's points that, you know, he would give you a good good game or good moment like the Wembley uh, thing, but then might give you sort of five bad games. But I think, you know, you can identify him as someone that actually gave us uh, some something to look back on in history. But I'd be interested to see what you guys think. Who who would be that player for you if you look back on in the signings over the last seven or eight years that you could pinpoint and say, yeah, do you know what? They might not be one of our own, but they were one player who could, uh, you, you could say, really got got us. I would probably oh. say maybe Gabriel Angela. He wore his heart on his sleeve every time he played. He loved the club. Uh, you could see, you know, the, the very few goals he did score, you could see what it meant to him. Um, I'll, I'll never forget when he scored at Forest. Uh, and he was like a kid in a sweet shot when he scored and he was running back over to the away fans and celebrating. Um, but since then, um, I, like you said, I, I don't know if there is anyone really that, that sort of gets what it means to play for the club. Um, you, you're probably looking really that first season that they took us over. That That's when they're, you know, you, you Pudil, you know, he knew what it meant. Alman Abdi, that, that sort of, player um, understood but since then I, I really struggle to to know I mean I know Kapu was a great player if you were to ask who's probably the greatest players that the Pots have signed Kapu's definitely up there but do I think that he, he showed passion and showed that he loved it here probably not I mean he made up for it in his ability but so I'm probably saying Gabriel Angela Pudil Abdi Vidra as well, I'd probably say, and Anigala as well. Um, so, and yeah, uh, Miri's just said in there, Kiko as well. Kiko got what he meant for the club as well. So, but I, I get your point. It is really hard to to pinpoint those sort of players. And think about how many players we signed in that time as well. Exactly. And I, yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't think you can go wrong with saying about that first transfer window, really, and that pool of players that came over and they really embraced what the football club and that was part of the community and like and Abdi and Vidra, Egalo, Forestieri, like they really loved this football club and 
like Watford fans had a really big connection with those Paul the players as well and we felt a bit hard done by when we got promoted and some of those players weren't given an opportunity um, and maybe the last season in the championship before we got promoted probably the biggest one for me is Herelio Gomez um, yeah. apart from that I can't I can't name you anyone that we've signed in the Premier League apart from maybe Kiko um, he really loved this football club Um Holobas definitely didn't love the football club. Didn't even know he was joining Watford. Um, but yeah, really good question that is. Um, yeah, really had us thinking there. But I can't. Maybe we should do um, a, a, a starting eleven of uh, players who were fit to play the shirt in the Pozzer era. Sure. Then that would be tough. We 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 could do that and pop out on Twitter and retweet it from the Voices of Vic account. But yeah, that's quality. But yeah, we'll we'll probably wrap it up there because we've had um, we've been on for like nearly fifty minutes. But Dan, thank you so much for joining us today, mate. I know we tried to get you on before, um, but but it hasn't worked out because of work commitments and all that. And we've recorded it at different times and that. But it'd be great to get you back on if you're interested, mate. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, if you are at a loose end next Saturday, uh, Hemler at home to Chesson in the National League South. I've given a little plug there. So, yeah, you get to see some real football there and players that certainly do try. So, uh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, nice one. Cheers, Dan. And Mike, thanks as always for doing this with me as well. I know it's tough and we message each other backwards and forwards. It's like, I can't be asked to do this, but we, we, we do it for the love of this football club. We've done another podcast and yeah, we'll be back next week. Well, I'll be back. Um, Mike's on holiday. He won't be watching the game. He'll be turning his phone off so he can actually enjoy his evening. Um, but I'll be back next week and I'll be looking around to get a guest on as well. So I'll be back Sunday afternoon probably. But yeah, thanks for watching everyone. Thanks for your comments. Uh, don't forget to like the um, our page, subscribe. Don't forget to leave a comment as well. And hopefully things will get better. Support Watford Football Club. I can't promise anything, but it's just hopeful, really. But yeah, come on, you ones. Sports Social Podcast Network.